Now, did you know that this week is Eating Disorders Awareness Week, which uh, is an international event which aims to raise awareness about the stigma uh, surrounding eating disorders. And charities and organisations across the world are trying to encourage people from all walks of life uh, to to come forward and share their stories. But how often, when you think about eating disorders, are you picturing um, a woman or a girl uh, sort of looking into a mirror and, and looking at uh, her underweight body? Um, that's certainly an image that's very often portrayed uh, by the media when we talk about eating disorders but actually 10 to 25 percent of those people who are living with an eating disorder are male and it's believed that that figure could be higher so why do we not know the exact figures I'm going to be joined now uh, by Sam Thomas, who is from the UK and set up an organisation uh, aiming to get men and eating disorders on the agenda by campaigning and raising awareness. It's called Men Get Eating Disorders Too. And Sam was last with us uh, this time last year. And I'm delighted to welcome him back onto the show. Sam, thanks so much for joining us again. Hello. So let's start with, with your story. If you would just give us a little bit of background about your own story and your own experience mm-hmm. with, with an eating disorder. Well, my experience began around about the age of 13. Um, I was really bad, badly bullied at school and I used to run out of lessons or just avoid lessons completely. Um, and where I used to go was the boys' toilets where I used to sort of binge and then purge. So in other words, you know, I used to sort of basically pass the time in order to be able to cope with the issues that I was going through at that time. Of course, 13 is a very critical age. Of course, teenage years, you're going through all sorts of different issues. Um, so for me, it was really um, the way of which I could cope and deal with the issues that I was going through at that time. Um, it was really, really difficult, obviously. Um, and the reason for that was so that I could sort of kind of relieve myself in that respect. Um, because, you know, there was no way of dealing with issues in, in any other way, basically. Was it, at the time, was there any um, representation? Was there any uh, information that you could go to that specifically dealt with men who were dealing with an eating disorder? And did you even realise at the time that you had an eating disorder, despite the fact that you were portraying uh, these behaviours? Mm. Did you know? No, I didn't know. I thought it was something that I only did. Uh, I only did even. So, you know, I thought it was something that I'd sort of almost invented. I know it sounds a bit of a strange way of thinking about it, but, you know, it's something that is very uh, personal to you, very secretive, very hidden in that respect. Um, so you just wouldn't necessarily know that other people are going through the same sorts of issues. And in fact, you know, it was actually from reading an agony art column in one of my mum's magazines that made me realise that I had an issue, which... Uh, for you know someone who's a teenager it might seem a bit strange but you know it was not unusual because there was not the information out there especially for men um so reading that particular letter from i think it was a mother who's um basically she stood from her partner she had um gone through absolute hell and she you know when she put her kids to bed you know she used to binge and purge in the same way now, obviously, I didn't relate to her situation, but I certainly related to the same circumstances mm. that she was going through. So from that letter, that's what sort of woke me up, as it were, you know, to think that maybe realised that at a very young age that I was going through something very, very serious. You don't necessarily realise at that age, obviously. Um, so, you know, it, it was, uh, yeah, it seems a bit strange, but, you know, it's sort of, unfortunately, the way that people sort of work these, uh, work these things out for themselves in a way that necessarily, unnecessarily, you know, can be in a sort of strange circumstance.
We often hear about uh, addictions and compulsive behaviours like this as as being a, a sort of um, a, a serving a, a purpose. They we we get involved in these behaviours because we want to change the way that we feel, and and for a time they do that. They help us to change the way that we feel. They are a yeah, a, a way in which absolutely. we can a mechanism yeah. in which we can um, almost have an out of body experience and and distance ourselves from our feelings. But th- there comes a point where it, that changes, doesn't it? And it becomes incredibly detrimental. Absolutely. It's, I mean, I mean, bulimia in particular is extremely damaging. You know, so it's definitely you could describe it as an addiction if you wanted to, but ultimately, it's more of an obsessive, compulsive sort of behaviour mm. that sort of enables you to sort of deal with things in other ways that you can't deal with, if that makes sense. Um, so it's it's quite difficult because it's externalising and expressing things, uh, you know, thoughts and feelings that you can't do in any other way. Um, so yes, it is quite damaging. Um, it definitely is, uh, 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 you know, an illness that can't be reckoned with um, in any other. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's, yeah. it's just difficult to sort of deal with. Yeah. When uh, very often, and, I, and I've spoken on the program before about my own battles with with eating disorders, and and they really have run the mm. gamut of of from, from anorexia to compulsive eating to to bulimia to to exercise bulimia and the whole range. And and I have to say that in mm. in the in the more than nearly thirty years that that I've lived with um, with eating disorders, the response that I've had from medical professionals and and particularly just GPs um, has been very very poor Um, and I wonder if that's because there's not a great deal of information around it Um, it is for me it is it is a it is an illness best dealt with by um, specialists in that area or even other individuals who are living uh, with a similar experience But, but very often speaking to a doctor and explaining why it is that I feel physically unable to eat or physically unable to stop eating or psychologically unable to do those things is very, very difficult. What's been your experience with the medical profession and, and eating disorders? Um, incredibly varied. I think everything, as you say, I mean, sometimes the eating disorders is seen as some, you know, almost like a vanity illness. Yeah. Almost. It's not, you know, it's actually a very, very serious illness that you know anybody can go through um it's very psychological um it's not a physical issue necessarily um so therefore i think you know like you say i think you can just have lots of different um medical professionals in a room and actually they all say different things mm-hmm. about you know this mm-hmm. sort of issue you know depending on their experience whether they've supported someone and of course it really depends on you know whether you know there's an understanding there I think that's the most critical thing. You know, do they understand there is an issue? It's not necessarily something that is just about this or that. You know, it's just an actual um, psychological problem Mm. that manifests itself in different ways. Um, So you could actually shift from um, bulimia or, you know, to exercise disorders, to anorexia. You know, do you see what I mean? Mm, mm. That is the problem. I think we need to understand what the underlying issues actually are rather than the actual service issues. Let's talk about men get eating disorders too. How long has it been up and running now? Um, it, um, it's been running for the past 11 years. 11 years. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, from my own experiences. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a good point, actually. The, you know, the fact that, you know, I wasn't able to get the help that I needed when I needed it. 
So, you know, the fact that, you know, I set up a charity was kind of purely accidental in some ways, um, not necessarily deliberate, but because, you know, I kind of understood that there was nothing out there necessarily for anyone that happened to be male, particularly if they're younger, um, but necessarily, not necessarily um, young, um, it could be any of age even. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of really felt that there was some, there was a gap basically, and that that is the most important thing to be able to sort of address that and enable people to realise they're not on their own. Have, um, thing, have so, things changed, Sam, in the last in the last eleven years since uh, since you set up the charity? Have have you seen um, a, a, a better platforms and better support offered to men? And the men who get in touch with you are they telling very much the same story as they were eleven years ago, uh, or perhaps uh, is there slightly more hope? That's an interesting question. Um, I think. Um, I think I like to say yes, but I don't necessarily think that's necessarily the case at the same time. You know, I think we tend to be talking about it more, but just means to say things have changed. Um, I think, you know, we're in this sort of strange sort of time where we think we're, you know, things are getting better. There's no question of that. But I certainly wouldn't want to put anyone off from getting the help that they need at the time they need it right now. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, I think we're still sort of stuck. And the idea that, you know, there's lots of different issues for men in general. But I think insulters in particular is just one of those issues that hasn't really sort of shifted just yet. It's sort of still there. Um, and I think people still, still have their ideas about what they think a person with insulter might look like, mm. how, they, mm. how they come across, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I think, I think we're getting there, basically. Um, but in terms of service provision, I think there are some improvements, but it's a long way to go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just tell us a little bit about the services that you offer and the support that you offer uh, for people who get in touch with you. I mean, at the moment, I think the best services um, in the UK um, are for um, with Beat, um, who provide a helpline um, and also online support. Um, so I think they're the go-to service right now. Mm. Um, so And there's all sorts of services across the country in the UK, but also internationally as well. So it just depends who you are and what sort of support you're looking for, really. For sure. Um, do you have a website? Can we get the details? Um, yeah, just look it up online. Men get eating disorders too? Yeah, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Sam, always a pleasure to to chat and thanks so much for joining us again. All right, thank you.